China has identified the cause of the mysterious pneumonia outbreak in Wuhan City. 44,000 people have been infected in China and the death toll has passed 1,100. This outbreak could still go in any direction. It will take years to develop a vaccine or drugs to cure the disease. The World Health Organization is holding an emergency meeting. Happens, but right. we don't know the specifics on this new one. Now, public health officials here in Ontario say the risk for contracting the virus remains relatively low here in Canada. Well, in there fact, are now 14 cases in Canada. COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. I'm Megan King. And I'm Sydney Bordignard. And this is The Curve. Welcome to the first episode of The Curve, a Canadian-born podcast series following the latest on the COVID-19 crisis. Each episode will look at the indirect effects that this pandemic has had on Canada and the world. Due to social distancing regulations during the pandemic, all interviews have been recorded via Zoom or phone call. This may affect the audio quality of certain interviews. We believe that this accurately reflects the daily challenges of working from home that many Canadians are facing during this time. On today's episode, we're putting frontline workers first, and lately I've been feeling the love and support for frontline workers in my community. While driving around the neighborhood, I've seen signs in people's windows showing their support and thanking frontline workers for all that they've done. And since my family has been working from home, I've had the pleasure of hearing my mom tell her students to send a message to frontline workers, which usually ends up with them banging together any objects they can find, and it's really quite the scene. Oh, definitely. I believe it. We've seen the nightly banging of the pots and pans in honor of medical staff and the police parades as a show of support for frontline nurses. It's great to see that those who are putting their health and safety at risk on a daily basis are being honored as they so deserve. We were able to catch up with a few of these incredibly important workers on today's episode. From grocery stores to hospitals, these women are making it possible for Canadians to live life as best as they can during this pandemic. Our episode begins with Natasha Marangoni. Natasha is a GTA paramedic who is often the first on the scene when a possible COVID case is called in. Natasha, thank you so much for speaking with us today. I so appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Can you kind of explain to us what has your shifts looked like? Have they been busy? So it's actually taken the opposite turn. It's the call volume has died down a lot because a lot of people are scared that if they call 911 and go to the hospital, then they're going to get exposed to COVID. So our call volumes dwindled, which is, I guess, a nice little break. But, like, the risk with every call has kind of obviously gone up. So there's that aspect to it. How have you been managing to keep yourself and your loved ones safe during this time? Seeing as, as a paramedic, you're the first one on the scene and you, you're the one that kind of has to assess what this could look like and whether this could be pandemic-related. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a little bit challenging at the start because there were so many unknowns. Now, pretty much, we're just assuming most people, we have, um, it's a screening process. So if they have any symptom that could, can be related to COVID, then they screen positive for us. So then we have certain equipment or PPE that we wear going into the calls. But now they've changed it. So every call we have to go in, we have to wear goggles and N95 masks and gloves. Um, so that, I guess, takes away some risk, and so we're always a little bit protected. And then if they screen positive, we have gowns that we wear or we have the big Tyvek suits. It's better now because at first we weren't really – it was hard. It was only really travel-based. So if people didn't travel outside of Canada, then we weren't wearing 
any PPE, so then we were going in a little bit exposed. Mm -hmm. But now they've changed it, and it's been community spread, so we're just always assuming, I guess, the worst until we've been proved otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so we've been taking that extra precaution, but it's been a little bit challenging because I can't see my parents, my sister. I've moved out of my house because I didn't want to bring that home with me. I've gotten about nine or ten calls of patients I've picked up who've been confirmed positive. So there is that little risk, and I just didn't want to bring home that to my family. And just It was very stressful thinking about bringing it home to them, so I moved out of the house, and I'm just staying with my boyfriend right now because he's also a medic. So for the time being, we're just staying by ourselves. Well, thank you for your service and for doing that because it takes a lot your way making that happen and making that sacrifice there. I actually went onto our Instagram page and asked people if they had questions when we spoke with you and we got quite a few replies. So the first one, they were wondering uh, what can the community do to help support their frontline workers at this time? Honestly, the community has been doing such a good job of showing their support. The biggest way to help us is to stay inside. I know it's been so hard, like me personally, I'm very social, I like to go out and I'm sure it's getting very tiring on everybody to stay in, but by self-isolating and taking those precautions, if you do have to go out to the grocery store or wherever, it makes a huge, huge difference knowing that people are trying to contain it and then this way the curve can kind of flatten and we can beat this thing. So that's pretty much the biggest thing they can do, but they've been so supportive, our base, and we have about 13 or 14 bases in our service and People have been dropping off so many, like, lunches for us, cakes, and just letters, and everybody's been actually really amazing, and so it was a nice surprise to have, and we really appreciate everything that the community's been doing to show their support to us, so. In general, speaking of the general mood when you're either in the hospital or out on a call or with your fellow paramedics, what w- what has the general mood and atmosphere been like? At first, morale was really low. Everybody was... I, like when this all first hit, it was very new. Everybody was, myself included, we were scared. We didn't really want to be at work just because we didn't know what we were going into and we didn't know really a whole lot about this. But as we've started to take the proper precautions and we gained more knowledge about COVID and how it spreads and, you know, um, symptoms of it and everything, I feel like people have just adapted and now this is part of our everyday work. So morale's picked up and everybody is sort of just making the best of it because it's our job we kind of signed up for it right and it was just a little curveball at first but i feel like it's just part of our job at this point and we're just sort of going with it and it's the new our all our new protocols and stuff are just part of our practice now and our routine so i feel like it's it's definitely improved than when it first started Mm -hmm. i gotta say i know it, it takes a lot to do what you're doing so that's amazing Well, thank you. What would you like people to think about or be aware of during this time? Yeah, like self-isolating, taking those proper precautions when you do go out is a huge, huge thing. Being on this end of things, I can see that the amount of COVID-positive calls we've been getting has been decreasing. I feel like the curve is flattening, and it makes me really hopeful. But as the warm weather starts and things start to open up again, I know people are going to be super excited to go out and interact, myself included, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But there could be, I know people talk about a second wave and it is a real thing, just that risk of everybody going back out again and just sort of forgetting all like the hand hygiene and the proper precautions that we have been practicing. 
So if they do go out and when things start to open and enjoy themselves, just remember all that. Still try and keep the social distancing. That's a huge, huge thing. And I know people are saying like, oh, I'm okay. I'm young. I'm healthy. But it's those people who are the ones who are at risk of spreading it to the people who aren't healthy and are immunocompromised. So it goes beyond just thinking about yourself getting it. But so far, I feel like a lot of people are doing a really good job. And from our EMS standpoint, we really appreciate everybody's support and effort to try and really squash this thing. So thank you for having me and being able to thank everybody and share my side of things. Thank you. That, that was amazing. And again, we thank you so much for everything that you've done. Thank you. Wanting to highlight the variety of frontline workers that are out there, we spoke to Liv Santarcangelo, a grocery store worker who contracted COVID-19 while on the job. So hi Liv, thank you for joining us on The Curb today. Hi Sydney, thank you for having me. So as a grocery store worker, do you believe that an earlier implementation of PPE at your grocery store would have helped to prevent the spread of COVID? I definitely do think that if there were preventative measures put in earlier, this could have changed a lot of things and definitely helped. Since there was nothing really put in place, and to be honest, they had told us that we weren't allowed to wear any PPE because it would have scared the customers, that we actually weren't wearing anything. And then that's what led to me testing positive and actually other coworkers of mine testing positive which led to the store being closed. So I definitely think that if there were preventative measures that this could have been easily avoided. Has there been any preventative measures implemented since to help protect the staff? Ever since then, they had um, another outbreak and what happened was now they actually implemented that all employees and all the customers who enter the store must get their temperature taken before entering. They have to be wearing masks. Um, They have to be wearing, and sorry, the employees have to be wearing gloves as well. And now they put up plexiglass and they actually put up the markers on the floor where they tell you where to go. You can only enter an aisle in this certain spot. You can only exit an aisle in this certain spot. And they're practicing social distancing. Are people nervous then to go into work every day, uh, given the current situation? Uh, Yeah, I feel like a majority of the people are nervous going in because not only are you risking your own health, um, you're also risking your family's health because you're going to work every day exposing yourself Even though, let's say you get sick and you're fine, you never know who you have at home that can be exposed to this. Do you feel like customers are understanding workers' personal risk or are they showing support? Like what is is the vibe in the grocery store? Are people being cautious and, and understanding that grocery store workers are kind of putting themselves on the line? You know what? Um, I would say most of the customers uh, are very supportive. Most of the customers try to come in and keep their distance. And, you know, they, some of us even, some of them even thank us for what we do uh, every day coming into work and putting ourselves out there. But you always get those few customers who, you know, don't believe in this. They don't practice social distancing and they can be rude. And some people are impatient, but I would say a majority of the people are understanding. And as a frontline worker, do you feel that grocery store workers are being paid enough as essential workers? This is a hard question to answer because you can't really put a price on health. So I can't say yes and I can't say no, but I definitely think that there is some sort of unfairness when it comes to people who have to put themselves out there every day during a pandemic. Well, thank you so much for joining us and giving us a little insight into what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me, guys.
It's surprising to hear how little PPE was provided to these frontline workers at the beginning of this pandemic. From what Natasha was saying about only wearing protective gear when dealing with patients that were recently abroad to what Liv was saying about not wanting to scare the customers. We spoke to Ontario nurse Alyssa to find out a little more about how hospitals have been dealing with this crisis. Hi, Alyssa. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And may I say thank you so much for your service. No problem at all. Thank you so much, Megan, for having me on your uh, show. And I'm so happy to be here and talk to you today. So how busy has it been for you at work lately? For the most part, it's actually been quite normal. I've been working a few days a week, which was the same since pre-COVID. I'm working in a surgical area. They have been canceling some surgeries where possible just to um, allow for the space in the hospital. So I feel like the hours have been quite steady for me since this all started. What protective gear have you had to uh, wear now that you're working during this pandemic? It's kind of been um, evolving kind of as this has all been in terms of like when it started versus where we are now type thing. Now we are all like every staff in the hospital, anybody who's in there is wearing a surgical mask, which is just one of those like normal masks that you see most people wearing right now um, at all times. So we normally get two per day. Um, so we are, we're switching like halfway through um, and that's more so just to protect ourselves and also the patients that we're dealing with. And then for any extra procedures, we're wearing extra protection as needed. So things like gowns, masks, gloves, obviously, and then the different types of respirator masks that we have at work. Have you noticed a change in the general mood and the atmosphere of the hospital at all? What's that been like? To be honest, I I think at the beginning it was, I noticed like the biggest change um, when this all kind of started. I think there was so much unknown and like I think just a lot of fear um, around what was happening in the hospital, what the changes would look like, whether or not we are going to have enough equipment, which we've been very lucky to have adequate amounts of PPE and equipment that we do require. So that hasn't been an issue at all. But I, I do just think the fear of now going home to your families and not really sure what that would look like in terms of distancing and the fear I think of bringing stuff home to our families too was a big big change for us. How are they reacting to you having to be out during this you as a frontline worker? Uh, To be honest they're quite nervous I mean I think it's just unsettling for them knowing that like you're in an environment where there are so many people either that have COVID or the potential to have COVID and just being in an environment where it could spread quite quickly. I think for me going into the hospital, it's been actually more nerve wracking and feeling that I was going to bring stuff home to them. How's that on you mentally, if you don't mind me asking? I live on my own. So I think um, not being able to like really see my family right now and the feeling of like not really knowing when I'm going to be able to see them have been like quite tough just because, like I said, I don't want to be putting them at any risk. You're so used to the things that you normally would do, like hug them and be close to them and everything like that. And I think just having to be so cautious about how close you are and not being in any contact and like making sure you wipe everything down and stuff like that is just like so tough. So it's definitely tough mentally, but I feel like I have a good support system around me, like whether that be coworkers, family, friends, boyfriends. So I just think that it's been okay. Just tough some tough some days more than others for sure 
I've seen uh, a lot of the videos of people around Toronto and I'm sure in the Hamilton area as well of them just banging pots and pans and uh, showing support in ways that they can. Have you felt that community support? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's been so awesome. Um, I think the community everywhere, I think, has done a really awesome job of not only supporting nurses, but other frontline staff, whether that be like paramedics, doctors, RTs, like cleaners in the hospital, like pretty much everybody. I think it's been so awesome to see that outreach of support. And I think it's nice to see that a lot of different businesses are really trying to support frontline workers, whether that be from like allowing us to bypass the line at a grocery store or like getting little vouchers here and there you know what I mean so I, I definitely have really felt that support and also just I think from family and friends there's been a big outpouring of support just reaching out making sure I'm okay and safe and that kind of stuff too so that's been something that's been awesome for sure that's great to hear what would you like people to think about or be aware of during this time Obviously, like the physical distancing is super important, but I think it's important to understand that that's not, that doesn't equate to social distancing. And I think I've heard a lot of people say that lately. Um, it's just like, even though you have to be physically distant from people, it doesn't mean that you still can't like maintain that social connection, which I think is so important for people, especially because mental health and mental health struggles, I think, are so prominent. Now, like always, but I think especially during times like these where you, where you are isolated from people. So it's so important to maintain connections in whatever way you can, whether that be FaceTime or Zoom or even just doing like distance hangouts on somebody's porch or whatever, right? It's just like something that you can still maintain that connection. And then the other thing I think really is important, especially for the younger population, because I have seen this quite a bit, but for anybody who thinks this is just, you're not really exempt from getting COVID. And I think a lot of the mindset is like, I'm not going to get it. So I don't have to abide by these rules or regulations that the government is setting out. And I think while you may feel like you won't get it, you don't know that you're not going to spread it to maybe a family member or a grandparent or somebody else in the community that is not as lucky as you to maybe have nothing happen to them if you were to get it. So there are a lot of people that can get very ill from this and we've obviously seen that. So I think it's so important to make sure that you understand that you're not exempt by this from this by any means and that it's important not only to keep yourself safe, but in doing so you're keeping so many other people safe in the process. We wish you the best within the field and thank you again for everything that you're doing to help out of course, no problem at all. And thank you so much for having me on this again. I really appreciate it. And I hope you stay safe. Shortly before the release of this episode, Toronto, Ontario saw as many as 10,000 people gathering at Trinity Bellwoods Park. It is clear that social distancing measures were not in effect. As one of the first good weather weekends, Torontonians were quick to forget about the guidelines that were in place to help flatten the curve. We'd like to thank all the frontline workers for their dedication, perseverance and bravery. We're banging our pots and pans for you.